Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Are you serious? All right, well, this is How to Kill an Hour. My name is Marcus Bronzy. Thank you in advance for killing some time with us today on this episode. We've got some very special guests. I'm going to be joined by Joe Cole and Gareth Evans. Now, Joe, you probably will have seen his face in Peaky Blinders, Black Mirror, uh, episode Hang the DJ, Skins, Hobie City, The Bill, loads of great content. And Gareth is an amazing filmmaker who's helped to put together some of my favourite fighting films uh the raid franchise as well um so yeah welcome to the show guys really appreciate you being on here man thanks for having thank you man. how is lockdown life treating you let's not pretend that we are not all in different parts of the world in rooms of some sort go on joe you go first <laughs> uh you know what i've kind of um i've got uh, i've kind of got used to it a little bit now um and found sort of some semblance of routine um yeah. you know initially it was it was it was quite odd um, but then I also think when you're self-employed and when you're an actor, you tend to have a lot of time in your hands anyway. And uh, and so I've sort of I'm a pro in in, in filling filling long days and and, and hours with um, with sort of things to do. Um, but it's been all right, man. I've been um, been learning Spanish. Finally, kind of got round to doing that. There's a few things that I kind of um, have planned to do that I've never done, and then since we've been given all this uh, large amount of time i've done them so you know sort of learning spanish doing a lot of writing writing my own scripts at the moment quite enjoying that and uh and cooking so that's keeping all me right. busy yeah, well, let's yeah. get through the list then so spanish how, how are you learning that a lot of people we speak to are using duolingo or something like that yeah, yeah I, I mean i started using duolingo and then i just i just got a teacher so i just got one online just found one online and uh and uh and, and doing that sort of three times a week really and it's it's been good actually it's kind of given me something to something to occupy my time something to think about um and i i really i've been enjoying it i've really been enjoying it so um yeah long may it continue and i, I actually think if I, if we hadn't had this quarantine i would have put it off for another year or two years or potentially forever you know it's, it's yeah, one of forever. these things that i've been meaning to do and just never done so so yeah they're every right. every cloud i guess Okay, well, I'm going to do what everyone would do when you tell them that you learn in another language. Do something. <laughs> uh, don't make me do it now, bro. Come on, mate. I can give you an ole I'm or a, a senorita. That's, that's what I used to be able to say. Uh, nah, it's, early, it's early days, man. I'm not, uh, I don't, I don't want to offend any uh, Spaniards right now. So I'm going I'm to keep... All right, keep fair enough. And, and, and before we move on to Gareth, what about the cooking side of things? What have you been whipping up in the kitchen? Well, I've, I'm a I'm a basic quarantine bitch, mate, and I've done banana bread twice, just like um, <laughs> just like the rest of the country. 
and made oh, the planet. Man. Um, I've, I've knocked that up twice. It's it's, uh, it's it's sort of a running joke. Um, but yeah, just a bit of everything, man. I can't, I'm, I'm not massive on cooking. I used to sort of eat out a lot and, 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 and get, and get deliveries and things like that. And it's sort of, this time has forced everyone to get in their own kitchen and, 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 and be a bit creative. And, uh, and I actually think it's, it's been brilliant and it's definitely sort of changed some patterns of behavior for me. Um, I've been doing kind of, you know, vegetable lasagna, shepherd's pie, just, you know, a bunch of different stuff, but it's something that I'll continue to do. And I, and I think having this time where you have to sort of, you have to put, throw some, throw some things together and throw some sp- herbs and spices together and, and see what happens is, has been good. And, uh, and, uh, and yeah, so hopefully it continues. Yeah, good. I'll, I'll be honest with you. This weekend, my challenge is to make KFC. You said herbs and spices, so I thought I'd be honest. Like, I'm I'm researching <laughs> KFC recipes, and I want to make myself a two piece because I've been eating healthy for a few weeks. But I wanna I want something a bit dirty. Anyway, yeah, they just Gareth, put the eleven <laughs> herbs and spices, haven't they? They just put the eleven herbs and spices online. You can get that online now. Yeah, some guy cracked it. It's like, Google it. Some guy cracked it. It got announced the other day. It's, it, it, and you can so you can do it mate you can pick them all up in your local supermarket man well this has been a great episode of how to kill an hour i just want to say thank you guys for being on the show um i appreciate it catch it right, um, so, so gareth how about you how's lockdown life treating you Where, whereabouts are you based at the moment um i'm in wales i'm in swansea so i've been nice. I've, you know i've been kind of i mean up until this week the weather's been great we've been quite fortunate to have a garden so it's not been too difficult to kind of keep two kids and two dogs entertained so that's kind of i i have i haven't had enough free time yet to learn spanish but you know <laughs> i, I yeah. might do that later at some point you know um, <laughs> yeah, i mean like we've been we've been like I mean, it's, it's that thing like you, you realize you realize pretty quickly on as set parents that um you know oh my god it's seven days a week every waking hour trying to keep the kids entertained and figure out what to do with them you know what i mean so then you get that two hour window at the end of every night then where it's like okay a little bit of peace and quiet and you know get to watch films i've been kind of ticking off films from my shame list the all the things i probably should have seen by now that haven't got around to watching um so i've been doing a lot a lot of that at night um <laughs> my wife's watching gangs of london because she hasn't seen any of it before so she's watching that while i'm either putting the boy to bed or or watching some obscure japanese film that i probably should have seen about 10 years ago so yeah all right, well, let, let, let the audience know one of these films so we can go and cop it and, and uh, have a look, because we like to kill time here. That's the name of the podcast. So so go on, recommend that, one for us. All right, well, a- anything I recommend is obviously going to be probably like sitting a little bit outside of the mainstream, so <laughs> it's not easily accessible. But um, I, I was uh, I, I, I do this thing with some of the guys, so the stunt guys that worked on the show where we kind of set each self set ourselves a couple of films to watch each week and then we 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 get on zoom and 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 chat about them because um yeah that's what the norm is now for us and so we were watching um there's a series of films called the lone wolf and cub uh movies where there's about six of them and they're the tales of like a a a sort of the samurai executioner and his little boy and they kind of get hunted through japan by an evil lord um, and so they're like really kind of like garish, fun, exploitational action films. The the first the first two got combined into a film back in the 80s called Shogun Assassin, which I think ended up featuring in one of the Kill Bill films um, and stuff like that. So, yeah, they're, they're pretty like heavy, heavy duty violence, but good fun. 
Nice, nice. I, I'm not really surprised there that that's what you're consuming, Gareth. <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll be honest with you. You've also, been, you've been, uh, 99. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> you've also been cycling up and down the country, haven't you, Gareth, as well? It keeps... <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, Joe, Joe very kindly did this thing where he messaged me and said, like, all right, the the five kilometers, five uh, five people, right, with the with you in order for the for the NHS and stuff like that. And um, I can't run for shit because my knee is shot to shreds. And so, um, but I can cycle. So I've been doing that a lot lately. So I've been doing these little um, 20 kilometer stretches across the coastline. So it's been a nice, nice. little sort of cycle path then. then. So, yeah. Um, nice. But yeah, I I, I, um, I, I I took the plunge yesterday and, and, and bought cycling gear yesterday. So um, nice. I, I, I looked like the worst extra from Logan's run yesterday, today when I went out for a cycle. <laughs> so yeah. This, there's not going to be any tight. photographic evidence of that. That's a sure thing. I was going to say, how tight is it? Can you taste the lycra? <laughs> <laughs> do, you rem- do you remember the film The Running Man? Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't look like Arnie in his. <laughs> so, yeah, let's just put it that way. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, well, that's, um, that's a vision that I'm going to... Um, it's going to be just marinating in my mind during this uh, podcast episode. Thank you very much for that, Gary. Yeah, yeah I'm uh, Sorry. So- <laughs> It's all right. It's cool. Um, so Gareth, Joe, like Gangs of London is is what we're here to talk about today, man. I just want to say thank you very much. I, I wrapped up watching the last episode last night. Um, it's out on Sky right now. Flipping hell. Blew my socks off, lads. Like nothing like it on television at the moment. Um, quite literally, I'm going to break that down during this episode. But before we get into that, I'd love to talk about both of your experiences when you first came across Gangs of London and whatever iteration it was when you each did. So Gareth, do you want to lead with kind of how it was when you first came across the story, how, how we came to be? Yeah. So, um, Pulse reached out to me and they had the rights to the video game, the PSP game for Gangs of London. And I, I was familiar with the game. I hadn't fully played it, but I knew about it. And, um, they initially contacted me about it doing as a feature film franchise. And that was the initial pitch it was like, oh, we want to do a bunch of films which are based on this game. And so I took a look at it and I was like, the thing that I loved about London as a tourist, um, you know, was the same things I loved about New York, which was that they both kind of feel like global cities in a way. And, you know, the, 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 the beauty of it is being able to go down the street and hear 10, 15 different languages. And so when I was, um, you know, working on the idea with them, my pitch back to them was let's not do it as a feature film franchise let's do it as a long form narrative, because if we do it in a, as, a, as a TV show, then we can get away with, like a 10 minute, 15 minute interlude in each episode where we go off and explore those different cultures and explore those different characters. So like we could start episode three with a flashback of Lala's story and get into her story for, for an episode, you know what I mean? Um, while still continuing to thread through the, 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 the A story arc across the show. Um, we're in a film franchise, you'd only really get maybe 15 minutes across an entire two hour runtime to be able to explore. And so I felt like we could do more justice to you know, the, what makes London so unique uh, across uh, a 10 hours worth of, of content then. And so I pitched it back to them as a long form narrative. They really responded to that. And then I'd had this concept way back when of uh, when I was living in Indonesia of uh, a Southeast Asian sort of gang story, which I wanted to do as a TV show, which would have started with the death of a mob boss and the fallout from that. And so that was my initial concept, but could never make that in Indonesia. Just never had the budget or the opportunity to do so and so yeah. i pitched them that as a concept and then they flipped for that and so we started developing it and before we knew it the only thing we really took from the game was the title alone 
So we spent about a year <laughs> and a half trying to think of another title and just couldn't come up with something better. So, uh, so yeah, so that's sort of the initial you know gestation of it. Great stuff. I mean, yeah, I mean, when you when you hear the title, I'll be honest, I was like Gangs of London. I didn't know where it was going to go. I didn't know what angle you were going to hit this from. And I think you definitely give us a very unique point of view via Joe's character, you know, Wallace, mm. Wallace Jr., basically. Um, but yeah, again, like we'll, we will get into that, Joe. But how about how about you? What was your first kind of t- touch point with Gangs of London? And how did you feel about it when you first came across this script? Because you've done stuff before that alludes to kind of gangs, but in a different way. Uh, across different shows so what was that like for you yeah believe it or not marcus i get sent um scripts for a lot of criminals and uh, <laughs> a lot of uh, a lot of reprobates and uh, a lot of people who are sort of operating uh, in in kind of on the wrong side of the track shall we say and, and i received this one after um you know for my agent i was doing a film out in new orleans at the time and and, and i read gangs of london and I, my initial reaction was like, oh, God, what's this going to be? Yeah. It's going to be, yeah. you know, another kind of, I don't know, Cockney sort of, all right, governor. Uh, so, and, and that, that was my kind of initial uh, thing. And then Red saw that Gav, saw Gareth was attached. That was the first thing that kind of uh, struck me. And uh, and I knew Gareth's work because um, I'd done a prayer before dawn a couple of years prior to, to getting the script. And so many of the interviews and so many of the reviews, they'd kind of commented on the raid and sort of use the raid as a kind of saying it was the raid, Prayer Before Dawn was the raid meets this or the raid meets that film. Or, you know, because I guess the, the set out in the, you know, in the, out in the Far East and, uh, or Eastern, Eastern Asia. And, um, you know, so, uh, so that was it. And I read the script and it just blew me away. It was just amazing. And, and, and uh, it was you know, 10 episodes for Sky Atlantic, um, Gareth and uh, sort of helming it. Um, and, and, and it just felt very exciting and very new. And I kind of just thought, how the hell are they going to put this on television? Because what I'm reading here is very, very ambitious and has not been done before. So this will be very interesting to see how this goes down. And you indeed did take it to some limits, guys, in, 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 this, uh, in the Gangs of London. Let's just drop the trailer real quick for everyone so they can get a little taste and then we'll get into the actual show itself. My father was taken from us on the streets of London. Whoever killed my husband remains an enemy to this family. I have the entire city looking for his killer. I'm not interested in peace. gonna go back and watch it again after this now thanks uh so um let's let's start with with story then how we tell the story throughout the the show um i'll I'll let you lead again with this one gareth do you want to talk about how we approach the story of gangs in london uh i think you kind of you kind of you know grazed against it in the last question but let's uh delve a bit more into what we kind of find journey wise throughout the story so, so basically, myself and Matt Franny, who was a co-creator of the show, we kind of knew we wanted to create the heightened version of London. We didn't want this to feel, you know, um, that we were bound to make this into like some kind of social commentary. You know, there are other shows that exist that already do that and do that very well. And we knew going into it that what we were going to be bringing to it in terms of the action as the DNA of the show was so, you know, larger than life and so big that if it was trying to also tell this social commentary at the same time those things would clash they would undermine each other in a way and so we knew we wanted to go something do something that was quite big and grand and operatic 
And so that lent itself then to the, the treatment of London in the show itself. So in the very first shot of the, the show, when we introduced Sean's character, we um, started with an upside down aerial view of London and that, you know, geographically it's all correct. The river's in the right place and certain buildings and structures are in the right place, but we eliminated and erased all of the sort of landmarks. So, mm. you know, you're, you're already kind of like, you know, off center anyway by being upside down, but then you start realizing, oh, this building's missing, this, this landmark's gone. And so you kind of take the audience into a more mythic version of the, of, of the world then. And that was important to us as we were creating the show. Definitely, definitely. And, and I mean, if I'm honest, Joe, Sean Wallace starts the show quite literally unsettled. Up, His world has been turned upside down and he's under immense pressure. Um, when, when I got the role, um, I, I spoke with Gareth uh, in the early stages and Matt and, and, and Gareth sort of suggested um, that he wanted Sean to be from a kind of uh, a different uh, background. He didn't want him to be yeah. stereotypical kind of London and uh, and and all, all those those things that we've seen before, and and, and uh, as Gareth said, we've seen these things done so well, Guy Ritchie and, and 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 you know Top Boy and these things, and and Sean is from a different place, and that was very important, um, and I loved that. I thought because for me it means I'm doing something entirely different. You know, Peaky Blinders is very working class, and Sean is essentially um, a fish out of water in all walks of life. He doesn't quite fit into this gangster gangster world. He's he, he's a, he's a, he's a bit out of his depth. He's probably quite insecure because of who his dad is and and maybe his relationship with his dad. He probably never had that kind of um, that love in the same way. And also, he's gone to the most expensive private school in the country, and he probably didn't fit in there either because he's he's from this very messed up family. Um, so I almost felt that he was quite sad in a way, and I actually kind of feel kind of weirdly sorry for him and, and, and he's yeah. almost a bit of a loser and that and that for me was quite fun he's, he's and, and that was fun to play because it's like as the show goes on initially when you meet a character like that with that much wealth uh somebody who's silver spoon who's at it all uh, your immediate reaction i think is one of dislike and uh and and, and especially somebody who's probably not as gangster as his dad was um so it takes the whole nine episodes for you to kind of really start to get this guy and understand this guy. And he grows so much throughout the show. And that, that for me as an actor was a lot of fun to actually play somebody who goes on an incredible journey and changes so much. If you watch the first episode and the last episode, the guy is a completely different guy. He's almost enlightened. He's almost, uh, he's become some sort of like, you know, like Buddhist guy. He's finally come to terms with who he is. He's comfortable in himself for the first time. He's, He's, he's confident in a different way, whereas at the beginning he's kind of reckless and, and, and aggressive and, and, and just shuts people down because he thinks they're all, he, he knows one of them's killed his dad and he's, he's, he's completely livid and emotional. So for me as an actor, it was a, it was a gift and quite a joy to play, to play such a sort of loose cannon and also somebody that's just so polarizing. I yeah, think that was the totally. fun part of that character, mine as well, was this idea of we knew that you know, that first, first scene it was going to be quite transgressive and you know we're, we're asking an audience like to, to meet this character for the first time doing something morally repugnant like morally horrible but there's a real like you know just to go granular for a second but there's a real importance about that first line of dialogue that sean had in that sequence of what else can i do like he's not like looking over that building snarling and full of anger and showing his teeth 
it's almost kind of like there's a sadness and there's an undercurrent there and 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 it's one of those things where it's like even though what he's doing is so impossible to accept on a moral level the challenge then for 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 that character and for joe and then for for an audience watching the show as the, as the story progresses is this thing of being able to go from that point of introduction and then get to know this person and then get to get under his skin and get to understand what drives him what has made him what what what's going to change him over the course of the show to get to a point where you realize there's a real like emotional tragedy about him and um and, and so i think that that was something that was really important to us and you know when when matt and i were both talking to to kelly and henry was the casting director of the show and she put uh, joe's name forward for us you know watching uh, a film like prayer before dawn you know it gave us a, a glimpse into you know the, the the full range of what Joe was capable and you know, able to bring to this this performance and and be able to bring to this role, which is you know uh, an ability to be frightening, intense, strong, uh, charismatic, but then also uh, not be afraid of to show vulnerability and, and and fear. And so you know we knew we needed Sean to go on that that whole complete journey throughout the show then. And yeah, we definitely see that. Like, I think a a really good point that you both put across is, you know, the difference between the character and and many of the characters between the first episode and the last episode, the journeys that they take are amazing. And I feel like you were very careful telling that story. Yeah. Not just for uh, the Wallace family and everyone joined to them and, and Elliot, but throughout the whole character arc of everybody on, 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 on gangs of London. But I thought you were also just as careful when it came to the action in in this. And I also know this because actually Sky have actually released some documentaries, some short documentaries showing how careful you were uh, with the fight scenes, for example, and the special effects and, and the action scenes. So can we just talk about how important that was for you and, and how that has given you a visual style when it comes to the action that you and, you know, Joe, Joe partakes in throughout the show, um, uh, how that visually impacts that? Yeah, I mean, like the the action side, weirdly, is something that I've been fortunate enough to sort of refine over the course of some you know, of the three films I've done within that genre. Um, and so the technique and the sort of the discipline of it has kind of not really changed. You know, and it's been like a it started off when I did my very, very first martial arts film, Maranta, in Indonesia as a safety net. Like the tools of designing previs and figuring out the, the shots and the edits of action was uh, was me terrified that I was going to mess up completely and then make a terrible martial arts film. And so it was a safety net and it was a, it was a discipline that came from there. Um, and, and so it just worked so well that we just kept using that and applying that same technique across everything we've done since. And so when it came to gangs, obviously uh, working with Jude Poyer, who was the stunt coordinator, um, that methodology, that technique was something we, we, we applied again. Um, and we knew for the show... We wanted to kind of, we knew we wanted to have like, you know, every episode should have its own little key moment, its own little sort of like set piece in a way. But it also had to feel like it was still organic to the plot. And it also had to say something about the characters. Like the action in this couldn't just purely be, oh, let's have a bit of spectacle now. Because the audience are going to want a little bit of like five minutes of something fun and thrilling to watch. It had to say something about the characters. And so, you know, each one of them will push the plot forward, but also, you know, contribute towards the character arcs uh, across the show then. So, you know, with um, with the campsite, for instance, a very specific reason why we ended on that close-up of Sean is because it's the release valve. 
it's everything that he's been that's been pent up within him for the first two episodes, you know, being kind of like thrown out on on this 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 traveler site of of people, you know, that he thinks are somehow responsible or at least connected to the death of his father, and you feel that release valve. So when he's looking up at that inferno of the campsite, you know. His his performance is, is is an emotional one, and in the same way that we cut to you know the different perspectives, we see what Ed is realizing in that moment. We see what he sees Sean becoming as he gets consumed by this grief and the thirst for revenge. We get to see Marion in her car watching the 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 explosion happening and seeing how her, her response is to this this happening. And then we also see the the POV from um, Mark Lewis Jones' character Kinney as he watches everything that he held dear be decimated into the ground. And so all of those set pieces, they have to say something about character. Otherwise, it's just empty. Definitely, 100%. Um, and Joe, what was it like being on these enormous set pieces, these big action sequences? Yeah, it was. Uh, I felt like a, a kid <laughs> in the playground a little bit. Uh, yeah. I think Gareth had a little bit more work to do for me. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. But I'm sure there was a small element of him feeling like a kid in the playground as well. Um, and, uh, and it was, I remember my first days on set were filming the, uh, the sequence at the end of episode two at the gypsy camp. And, uh, and, and you know what happens there? And that was the start. That was kind of my baptism wow. of fire, really, to, to Gangs of <laughs> London and what it was all about. Yeah, very much literally. And, um, and it was just incredible. You know, they they had huge lighting rigs, huge, um, you know, they had bullets for days, kind of blanks and, and all, the, all the weapons and, you know, ten, all these caravans everywhere that they were going to blow up. And, 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 and it was it was extraordinary. I remember it was like a two foot of mud, wasn't it, or something, Gareth, by the it, end. It was, it, was, it was horrible. It was horrible. It was, like, it was like the worst Glastonbury you've ever been to. <laughs> um, but... Um, but it just felt very epic is the only word to describe it and very and very special and, and just yeah a lot of fun a lot of fun i felt i felt very privileged to be there really yeah, was, was that your like first day of filming joe 
I think that was like my first, I think that was the beginning, yeah, that was my first day, was, was that, yeah, yeah. That must have been interesting no. then in that respect. <laughs> Getting yeah, home after your first day and someone asking how your day was, yeah. Yeah, well, I remember Gareth sort of saying, sorry, Joe, you're not really going to get to do much acting. You just, you know, you know, but, uh, you, you know, we've got, uh, we've got a, you know, we've got a lot more to do at the moment. There's a lot of action stuff, but it was good. It was good fun. And that was the thing, because like, when you're doing those action sequences, they're all kind of like, it's compartmentalized into like little pockets of shots here and there, because we are quite forensic and we do shoot them as jigsaw pieces. So the difference obviously between action and then doing like, you know, a scene of like intense drama is that you can kind of let that scene play out, you know, and you can let, you know, for the performance side of things, you can be like, right, here's your start. And then let's just go through the whole thing until the, the tail end of it. So you get that, that journey of a performance, but the way we shoot action, it's, it's specific. It's like jigsaw pieces. And so it's like, oh, <laughs> this is where your emotion is for the next three, four seconds and then cut. And then here's the next piece. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a, it's a whole different discipline. And, and, you know, it, it's like, yeah, you have to be quite careful about how, how you put that stuff together then. But also yeah. um, the way, sorry, just carrying on, the way Gareth um, edits those action pieces is uh, he does it on set um, it, it, while while we're there um, because he because he's kind of he's prevised the whole thing. He's he's sort of um, been in a uh, you know, tell me if I get this wrong, Gareth, but in in a warehouse kind of building this this the, this in this case the gypsy camp um, with cardboard boxes and stuntmen. And recreating and, 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 and filming or filming the entire scene in, in, in a warehouse with kind of, uh, you know, bits and pieces of, of scaffolding or whatever it is. is, is. And then we go and, and then we go and film it. So and he's filming the pieces and putting them in. So and he's doing it live. So while we're filming, Gareth is able to show us the first half of the sequence up until our next bit. So that was yes. just a real thrill. It wasn't, didn't feel, it's just like, look, here we go, guys, this is what it's going to look like. And you're like, Jesus Christ, because he's Sick. done it already. And then, and then he's like, yeah, so then you're just going to follow on. So that was quite, uh, that was really cool, man. That's a really cool way of working. I think that I think kind we, of helped your performance as well, because you could kind of see where your character was going to be in that next scene after seeing this. Yeah, it was. It was good. It was good just to understand exactly how it was being put together. Yeah. It was, I, I found it helpful. Yeah. Awesome. We we've always kind of done that as a process in a way because I've always felt like when you when you when you're showing your your cast and crew like you know the hard work that they've put in throughout the day at the end of the day we always do like a little playback of the whole thing so everyone can kind of gather around the laptop and then take a look at the monitors and then when we did that that, that sequence it's like it's kind of like a, a morale boost everyone gets to see what they what they've contributed towards it and then they can see that it's going towards something that is going to work. You know, and um, if it doesn't work, then I'm not showing anyone. But um, but when it does work, it's it's a real nice kind of like um, it just galvanizes the cast and crew together, and it makes you feel like, oh, this is this is this is going to be a success. This is going to achieve something. Yeah, mm, yeah, definitely. definitely. And I feel like we were packed full of practical effects, but was it fair to say that you did use quite a good combination of of kind of visual effects in there as well? I mean, there's some scenes which are. <laughs> The camera yeah. gets in places I don't think you can put a real camera in real life. It's crazy. We got we got a lot in in camera. We got a lot a lot of stuff in camera with yeah. um, our uh, our SFX guy Alex Gunn, who did um, you know some big 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 films. He did the you remember the 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 Rambo film, not the last one, but the one before, which uh, <laughs> with with all the sort of fifty cal bullets tearing people apart. I mean that that yeah, was man. that was Alex's is his, his handiwork, and so he all was right. like on board doing our SFX for the for the show. Um, and then, you know, having 
you know, Jude Pyre as the stunt coordinator and all of his team, you know, we had really good guys working across the, the, the show. And so, you know, what I found really like exciting and, and, and the new experience for me was like this idea of, you know, we were able to push and do more in camera because in Indonesia, like a lot of the times when we wanted the sort of like the big, crazy sort of like stunt shots, those gonzo shots where you're like, how did they do that in one shot? We would do that by, you know, literally, you know, sometimes three shots stitched together to make it feel like you saw something more dangerous. But on, on, on this show, like Jude and his expertise and then, you know, bringing on Dave Judge, who was one of the sort of the, the wire rigging guys, you know, we were able to kind of do stuff in camera that looked super dangerous and looked like, you know, intense, like the, the guy being shot off a motorbike by a shotgun. And we got to piece those things together. And it's like, I'd see a take of that. And then as I'm stood watching the monitor, waiting for playback, the stunt performer who just got yanked off the back of that motorbike by a bungee cord is now stood next to me watching the take while I'm watching playback. And he's like, oh, <laughs> do you want me to do it again? And so like, you know, it's, it's a sign of their professionalism and the fact that they planned everything to the, like, the, the minute detail that, you know, thankfully across the entire show, we didn't have a single serious injury at all across the entire thing. So, yeah, it was, um, it was a great, great experience working with them. That's something I think you should be super proud of because some of the shit that gets pulled off in that film looks like it hurts, even if you are pretending. So that's uh, that's great to know. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I, I did watch the action sequences and I can feel that there are tastes. There are flavors in there that are raid like. Are you cool? Both of you are going to ask. Are you, are you cool with that comparison? I know I mentioned the raid at the start quite intentionally, just those films, Gareth, because there is a lot of other great content that you've done, but I'm very aware that this is going to be a comparison. Are you guys cool with hearing that? This is a raid-like production in, in some ways. I, th- I think, like, for me, it's like, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's inevitable. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like... <laughs> It's like, I, I don't know. It's like, it's kind of like, I, I don't know why I gravitate towards certain shots. I don't know why certain yeah. compositions just interest me. And I don't know why the the rhythms of action and kind of, you know, the way that I choose to do them is just like a, a weird thing where it just makes sense to me. So like, yeah, if they get compared to something I've done in the past, as long as it's not the bad stuff that I've done in the past, then I'm all right. That's fine. That's all good. What's that? What's that like? What now you, you like the bad, bad stuff? stuff? Yeah, oh, no, it's, it's, it's more kind of like it's like it's like um you know when, I, when it's like all filmmakers when you watch stuff from your past right. you'll see all sequences right. or scenes where you're like oh two more shots and that would have worked or you <laughs> or, you know it's like it's like i remember we were shooting a sequence in maranto it's like to this day i mean maranto is christ i shot that in 2008 i want to say if not 2009 so what yeah. is it 11 years ago 12 years ago minimum and um i take a look at that and there's still one sequence in there where it bugs me to this day, uh, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, one more shot, and that would have, that would have been good, you know. So you know, it's like, yeah, I can't help yeah. it. I self scrutinize all the time. So yeah, I can't help but think your missus at home watching it, and your missus is watching Gangs of London right now. She's going, do you know what, Gareth? That scene is good, but it could just be a little bit better if you added a couple of extra shots in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, my wife used to be my producer out in Indonesia, see. So yeah, oh really? I, I'm I'm expecting notes <laughs> <laughs> to be expected. To be expected. Um, yeah, how about you, Joe? How do you feel about being uh, having this production compared to something like the Raid? Yeah, well, it, yeah, I think it's. I think that's exactly the way it's going to go because it's it's the same. It's the same maker and creator, and uh, and the Raid is some of the you know for me those films are kind of some of the best um, martial arts films that that I've personally seen, and definitely in the last few years, and 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 so unique and have their own 
very strong kind of identity and style. So, um, yeah, I think it's, I think that's very cool, man. I'll take that all day long. I think, I think also, I think like on a, it's, it's kind of, it's one of those things where I, I get it from like an action component because on a superficial level, of course, there are comparisons, you know, we can't hide that, but I think, they are they are very different. I think when I did the raid one, for instance, like the raid one is very sort of streamlined, very simple sort of like storytelling thing. And I think you know um, I feel fortunate that when it came to gangs, and we were able to kind of work with a talented group of writers who could kind of like bring more depth and more sort of like you know exploration of characters and 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 worlds you know across the show than than I'd ever achieved in 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 like you know the raid or the raid two, for instance. Then so yeah. So, you know, tip of the hat to them for, for all of that work and for interrogating the ideas and interrogating the storylines. And yeah. then, you know, and furthermore, then discussing with, with, with Joe and with um, Shell and Lucien and everyone else, you know, sitting on set and discussing those scenes and, and going through the scripts and going through the dialogue and, and making sure that what we were doing felt truthful, you know, in, 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 in the face of all the crazy antics that we were also going to be putting into the show. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel like you've you've amped up this production. It's definitely pushing to the upper echelons of what is is possible humanly and what is going on in kind of this this kind of gangster environment in London. But it's um it's it's not too crazy, you know. There's certain films I won't mention any that you know kind of lose their grounding. But I feel like when you're watching this film, there's you're grounded by the characters, um, and you're also grounded by the action being turned up to. It's like to the it's like to number eleven, eleven and a half. But it's not like fifteen or something. You're like, well, that's too crazy. But, you know, I was going to say there's some very strong characters in this film physically in this uh, series as well. Yeah. Um, so now that you've created something like this, I hope you guys are aware, and I'm, I'm not saying this lightly, you've kind of changed the perception of what can be produced having London as a backdrop now. And at the same time, also changed what, you know, stations like Sky can put out content-wise. This is very groundbreaking. Are you aware that this is now the case with productions like this, with dramas and actions? me not really um i don't it's like it's my first rodeo when it comes to like tv work i've never done it before i've never had that opportunity before and um you know it's 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 uh it's still new to me i mean the first episode only came out last thursday and then the whole show obviously dropped at the same time and i'm kind of just yeah still playing catch up to be honest about where we are right now and on what we've achieved it's like it's it's that weird thing of you know, traditionally, like week by week, one episode drops and then you get to see what the response is to that. The fact that it's come out as a box set has almost kind of got me in this like sea of like weird emotions where, you know, you're, you're kind of like you're trying to figure out, oh, who who's on app one now and who's on app four and who's on app six and who's on app eight. Like you, you, everyone's kind of finishing it at different times. And so you kind of get you know, hit left, right and center. So I don't have a sort of I'm not aware enough yet of a sort of general consensus of what the show is and what its impact will be. It all feels kind of too early to kind of tell right now. I don't know about you feel Joe, but yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's been out, what it's been out a week. It's been out a yeah. week, you know? Uh, so it's like, it's such early days, but obviously because of the, the, the ability to binge and because of the time everyone's got on their hands right now, I mean, you know, it is a good time for us uh, to, to release a show and it's great that people, you know, to give, to give people something to, hopefully entertain them um you know people are chomping through it um and you know i'm getting texts people who've watched the first one people who've watched the first four you know people who've watched the whole lot um 
So yeah, man, it's, it, it, we'll, we'll see. I think we'll probably know the lay of the land in the next in the next week or two. But um, the, the general, it generally feels kind of like it, it, very positive. And also, I, you know, I, I'm sort of the scripts I get now and the kind of bits and pieces, you know, the stuff I'm getting sent from television. <laughs> I, I kind of just I read the action sequences now, and I think, oh man, like. Are they going to be able to do anything close to what Gareth and and and, uh, and Corin and, and Xavier have done? Like, yeah. and but that's a genuine, that's a genuine feeling. I'm like, this, this is this, this these sequences and this this action is the, it's it, and obviously it's grounded in truth and it's grounded in all these characters from Luan to Mossy to myself to Elliot, you know, like uh, to Lali, you know, they they've all got their truth as well, which is so important because once you've got that, um you can have so much fun. So I'm certainly thinking, man, like it's never going to be the same, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just thinking back to that, those classic bar fight scenes that you'd see in movies or somebody just like punches somebody and somebody breaks a pool cue in half and slaps her around the face. I'm like, yeah. lame. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Compared to what, what we've seen in uh, yeah, what you, exactly. what you will see when you watch. Uh, it's going to change. It's going to change the, the, the perception for people. Cause people are going to be, people are going to be saying, well, look, I mean, look at gangs of London. You've got to, you got to up your game. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. And I mean, that just means for me as somebody who enjoys watching uh, TV and film, more great content. Thanks for raising the bar, guys. Um, before I let you go, have you taken the time to watch the series after it's come out? I know some people like to do that, thespians and, and writers and producers. Have you, have you? I know your wife's watching it, Gareth. Have you seen it? I mean, I mean... <laughs> I, yeah, I had obviously. to watch every episode about 10, <laughs> yeah, 15 times before it came out. So yeah, I've seen the show like about, yeah, of course. I've seen the show more than yeah. anyone. So yeah. yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh, now, how about you, Joe? Yeah, I've got a question for Gareth, actually. I'd be interested to know what Gareth's favourite episode outside of his own ones is. Oh, okay. <sighs> nice. That's a, that's, that's nice a one, horrible Joe. question. I think, um, I think I'd probably go with four and six. I think yeah. four and okay. six kind of blew me away, both of those episodes. And and that's the thing, again, and also like we haven't really had a chance to kind of mention and probably should, the fact that, you know, you know on this journey that, uh, of doing this show, we were joined by, you know, two incredible directors in Corin Hardy and, and Xavier Gens, who both yeah. brought so much of themselves to this project as well. So it's like, you know, me and Matt had the, the fortune of being able to kind of like tee things up at the start. But they continued that journey and they continued that world build and that exploration of of the show themselves. And but I think I think like yeah, four four and six like four is just so fucking crazy and jam packed with like high stakes and big emotion, um, and you know and the virtuoso moments in that in that in that episode. And then six for me is like where I felt like you get these really intense performances where I know some people will fixate and focus on the, 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 the torture elements of that episode. But for me, it's not exploitation at all. Like, cause there's a heart behind all of it. And it's like, I understand the motivation of all of the characters involved. And so I, I remember saying it to, to Zav, I thought like the, I thought like, you know, the, 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 the performances between like yourself and Michelle and, 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 and Brian and then Bay as well, were just so strong in, across that episode. Um, and I think it's a testament to, to your guys' work and then obviously Xavier's direction as well and uh, and Lauren's work writing the script for it. So I mm. think like, yeah, that, th- those two episodes are sort of like the, the ones that I, I, I really responded to the most. That was a very fucking thorny question, Mr. Joe Cole. So yeah. Uh, no, man, it's all, it's, all meant, it's all meant with good intent, dude. It's, uh, 
you know, I'm genuinely curious because, you know, obviously they're all so different. They're all, and it's kind of, and everybody's got different favorites. And I think it's, it's, yeah, you know, you know, some of them, you know, they're they're very intimate and they focus on on specific characters. Some are kind of wilder. Um, So, yeah, it's more just kind of, I guess it comes down to sort of personal taste. But I've been getting, just in answer to your question, Marcus, like I have to watch, I have to watch it through just so I can kind of critique myself and and, and analyse. And I'm very kind of... uh, yeah, I'm very critical and very analytical. And I also like to see what they've cut, what they've kind of shortened, what they've changed. Uh, but I, 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 I don't really understand actors who, 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 don't, who say they don't watch themselves because I think for me personally, you know, I never went to drama school or anything like that. The only way I learn is from watching my work back. And, and, and I learn, you know, you learn about what, what kind of works, what doesn't. You learn about pacing. You learn about little things. And, and, and so I'm like, bloody hell, I wish I could go and do it all again now. Um, but then you, there's an element, I was saying this to my mate, who's an actor the other day, and he was sort of saying, I said something like, if you're 80% happy, then just be happy. <laughs> because as an yeah, actor, you're yeah. constantly going to analyse and you're constantly going to criticise yourself. But if generally you're, you're happy with the whole thing, then I, then I, then I think uh, then I think you should be happy, yeah. 100%. As long as somebody doesn't walk into the room while you're watching a, a, like a scene, a serious scene of yourself and you're by yourself, it can be a little bit weird if someone walks in on you, you know? Yeah, yeah you, you, you turn around and, what are you doing? Oh, just, just watching... <laughs> What do you mean? <laughs> well, that's the thing. That's the thing because I'm genuinely watching to learn. Yeah. To, 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 exactly. To learn. Exactly. Like I'm, exactly. I'm not watching because I'm gassing myself up. Like, exactly. You know, like, exactly. I, 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 luckily, I live with my brother, so you know he he can't really say anything. He don't really care. But he actually one of my other brother, one of my other brothers just messaged me uh, just now, and he was asking me to send him the script for episode four because he's just got up to the end of episode four, and he just he just. He lost, he lost his head and he was just like, my mm. God, like it is the most, it's so kind of wild and so crazy and so uh, insane. I just want to see how it differs on the page. And I, and I sort of said, yeah, man. I said, yeah, I'm really glad you're enjoying it. I said, just wait for episode five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. He's in for a, he's in for a treat. He's in for a treat. Um, but yeah, and I just want to say thank you very much for spending the time to um, have a chat with us about Gangs of London. It was a it was a glorious watch, man. Um, and I've really enjoyed it, man. Each of the episodes really, really brought it to the table, man, like in terms of story, action, acting. And I just want to thank you guys for putting it together, man. I hope I, I hope I speak to you again about working on another production, you two. You guys should get together and the rest of the team as well, man. Um, I don't want to feel like I'm disrespecting anyone else, but I'm only talking to you two. So you're going to hold all of the praise for Gangs of London right now. Right? <laughs> we'll, we'll pass it on. We'll pass it on. <laughs> as stuff, many, pe- many people yeah, involved. We'll, we'll, we'll share it. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, thank you very much for joining us on the show, man. And uh, yeah, I'll let you crack on. Have a great day, guys. All right. Thank Cheers. you. Cheers, Mark. Cheers. All the best. Cheers, man. Take care. So there you have it. Gareth Evans and Joe Cole from Gangs of London here on How to Kill an Hour. Make sure you cop it now. You can watch it on Sky TV or you can watch it on Now TV. It's one heck of a ride. And I only spoke to a couple of the people that were involved in the production and acting in this. There's a bunch of great talent in there. A range of acting and action that I have not seen on television ever. Anyway, make sure you join our Facebook group facebook.com forward slash how to kill an hour and also like our facebook page as well where how to kill an hour on all other social media outlets i've been marcus bronzy at m-a-r-c-u-s-b-r-o-n-z-y plenty of ways to kill some time out there thank you for killing some time with us
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist-approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.